The Giants of Braemar Written by Elizabeth Taylor Read by David White At one time there'd been a people inhabiting Braemar So tall they could step from hilltop to hilltop Without taking the trouble of descending They could even sake their thirst from wells at their base By bending down and using their long arms They spent their time chiefly in hunting wild boars which at that time were of a size quite worthy of their gigantic prowess. These boars must have been peculiarly dangerous creatures, for they were covered with vast bristly spines, hollow and full of substance so poisonous that if it pierced their skin so as to draw blood, it was death most sure and certain. Their mode of hunting was peculiar, those engaged in the chase took their place on each hilltop. Some of the giants then uttered a sound that roused the animal from his lair, who at once made for the place whence the sound proceeded. But ere he had time to reach the hunter, another giant emitted a similar sound, on hearing which the boar immediately turned and made for him, and so on until the creature was quite wearied out, when he fell an easy prey to his captors. It so happened that a sort of rivalry broke out amongst these mighty men. One of them was not only more handsome than the others, but was also, according to their views of things, endowed with many good qualities. But above all, he had succeeded in winning the heart of one of their fairest maidens, a prize for which the competition had been very keen. On all these accounts, therefore, there was a secret grudge and some plan was wanted by which they might get rid of him. Where the will is, there will soon be a way. So they speedily discovered, if they were only to forbear turning the boar when he had to shout, they would soon get rid of him. Next hunting expedition, it so happened that he took a stand on the hill, now called Cairntuck, all unsuspicious of the misfortunes awaiting him. The boar was roused, as usual, and passed from one to another several times. At length the plan was put into operation. But the gallant giant came off victorious, and when the others came up to him, the monster lay dead at his feet. Many excuses were made for their negligence and great admiration expressed for his bravery, but as a further test of it, he was asked by the chief giant to measure the boar, which he did, and yet escaped unscathed. Now, when you've done so well in measuring the length, measure it round now, that we may see and know the breadth of it, said the chief. The poor giant again obeyed, but was so unfortunate as to pierce his hand with one of the bristles, and he was soon no more. The mountain on which the tragedy took place was, from that circumstance, called Cairntuck, Hill of the Boar. From that time a blight fell on the race of giants, and they dwindled away until only one of them and his wife remained. I suppose the wild boars had dwindled away too, or the giant's taste had altered strangely, for he descended so low as to become a pilferer. And a sad pest he was to the poor people, for no sooner was their grain ready for use than he came by night and took it away. Many plans were made to rid themselves of him, 
but all were unsuccessful until Judith offered, on condition that they gave her what she required, soon to get rid of them, the giant. Her requirements were few, only a large barn, well supplied with grain, a very large pot of water, and sids, the outside bit of the grain. She also needed a large cog similar in shape to that used in milking. So the fire was kindled, the pot was put on and boiling bravely, and the woman sat down to her stocking. Soon after midnight the giant made his appearance. After crawling into the barn and seeing things so comfortable, he coiled himself up before the fire to have the benefit of it fully, and when comfortably layered, the woman came in for a full share of his attention. At length he asked her name. Myself and myself, was her tart reply. The giant, after remarking what a brave fire she had, wished to know what was in the pot. I'll let you see, was the reply. And taking off the lid and filling her cog with the boiling sids, she dashed them about the giant's feet and legs, and filling it again as fast as possible, repeated the application until the huge giant was bellowing with pain and as his dimensions prevented him from getting quickly out of his untoward position, the woman made her escape. It was a considerable time ere the giant could take for his departure. Minus grain, of course. His wife had been waiting for him on a neighbouring hill, and, seeing his deplorable condition, wished to know who had been the cause of it, that she might be revenged. Myself and myself was all the poor giant was able to say. Weel, weel, responded his spouse. If it was yourself and yourself it couldn't be helped. But had it been anybody, I would have made them suffer. Thus died the last of the giant race among the braes of man. Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that aims to make Scottish folklore accessible using digital platforms, telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, pop us an email at info at folklorescotland.com and you can find all of our social media as well as a list of sources in the show notes below. The charity also now has a Ko-fi page, which you can find in the show notes if you'd like to help us continue the work that we do. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.